Hey everybody and welcome to the Hack My Homestead podcast. This is Sean Mills and today is Monday, May 22nd, 2023. And today I want to talk a little bit about the installation that I worked on over the weekend at the off-grid homestead. So to give you a little background, when we first moved off the grid in 2012, we literally moved into a place with a generator and that was it. Um, we didn't have batteries, we didn't have solar panels, we had nothing but a generator and a safety switch. And so for the first probably month or two that we were out there, we just turned the generator on when we needed power and didn't turn the generator on when we didn't need power. And it worked perfectly fine. And uh, it was definitely a change in terms of thought process and philosophy and how we went about uh, managing our energy usage, but you know, because we moved directly from an on-grid, you know, normal property to a place that just ran off a generator, and um, and then we added batteries. So I said, you know, I haven't found the right um, price point for solar panels yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to add. Uh, battery bank. We added Trojan T105 golf cart batteries in a 24 volt uh, configuration <clears throat> and a MagnaSign, um, let's see, 40, I think it was a 4024 was the nomenclature. It was a 24 volt in, 240 volt out, uh, 4000 watt inverter, and uh, pure sine wave. And so what we would do is we would run the generator to charge the batteries up using the built-in inverter charger. And then we would use the batteries. And then when we felt like the battery bank was relatively low, about close to 50% depth of discharge, we'd go out there and crank the generator back up. And we did that for probably about four months, uh, mostly through the winter of 2012 and 2013. And then in February of 2013, I was able to find the solar panels that I had been waiting for. Uh, They were at the low, low price of a dollar a watt. Yeah, that's right. I would not ask anyone to buy panels for a dollar a watt today. But back in 2013, that was a steal of a deal. And so I bought my 10 panels, half a pallet, uh, sharp panels made in Memphis, Tennessee. And um, (laughs) back when we still made solar panels in this country. And I had them shipped to me, and we put nine of them up. And then now, all of a sudden, with that and a charge controller, we used a, uh, a Midnight Solar a Classic 150 charge controller. All of a sudden, we were generating electricity from the sun and storing it in batteries and then using it in the house with the generator for backup. And normally, what we would do was we would use the generator when we needed to run the deep well pump and when we needed to... Um, you know, run the, the laundry, do laundry, uh, with the dryer in particular. And, um, and that was, you know, we just kind of planned those usages around the same time and, and it worked out pretty well. Uh, we actually figured that with the price of gas, the way it was at the time, it was actually cheaper for us to just take the laundry into town, uh, to a laundromat and do the laundry while we were already in town instead of trying to, uh, um, you know, do it at the house with the, with the big old generator running. But, uh, but that's how we lived for years. 
uh, with with those components, and and we never did much. We, we the generator that came with the house ended up going out, and we bought a new one. I think in 2014 we still have that generator. And then we were given another generator, and so we would rotate those out. And then we had, um, let's see, what was it? About two years ago, I think, uh, the batteries finally gave up the ghost. And so it was time to replace the battery bank. And honestly, I mean, that battery bank, no, it was more than two years ago because I think that battery bank made it about eight years. So that would have been 2020 um, that we had to replace it. Yeah, that makes sense because I think I got those replacement batteries from Costco and I didn't have a Costco membership until I moved to uh, Birmingham. So in 2020, we finally replaced the batteries. The original battery bank that had been there for eight years was done and, and um, you know, we got plenty of our plenty. We got our money's worth out of that for sure. And so then we went to the, um, the eight volt flooded lead acid. Uh, we were not going to be there full time. So we just went with the three batteries in the 24 volt configuration that worked out fine. And then this weekend I went up and decided well, I didn't decide this weekend, but I had previously decided that what I wanted to do was to get ready to put in a larger solar array. And that larger solar array was going to power two 6,500-watt um, inverters that were rated for 120, but two of them can be wired in parallel to give us uh, 240 volts. And I'm not sorry, not parallel, in series. And... Um, a massive 30,000 watt hour battery bank, um, lithium iron phosphate. So here we are 11 years after initially going off grid and putting in our first flooded lead acid battery bank, we were transitioning over to the lithium iron phosphate and the, uh, 6,500 watt inverters were, uh, what's called an all-in-one unit. So you wire the uh, PV in, you wire the AC input in, the AC output, and the um, battery input slash output because it's a two-way street. And I can tell you that by myself, with no help, and not even with all the tools that I probably could have had. I mean, I was using a utility knife to strip wires, uh, at least the bigger wires, um, I was able to get both of those inverters mounted and wired with DC disconnects, uh, one of our uh, photovoltaic disconnects installed, as well as the AC runs on both um, both 120 volt legs. Now I just left one of them up and running because I didn't want to have to program the system to run off of split phase while I was working on the second system's AC. Um, so right now, even though they're both wired, what they, they're both wired to their output. Only one of them is actually wired into the distribution box. So I just have the one leg of 120 going in there. Uh, and then putting the battery bank together. Now, I will say that our, um, our battery cart uh, or case or whatever you call it that the batteries live in, the, the server rack uh, battery cart was absolutely destroyed by the shipping company. Um, when we first got it to the house, we thought, well, you know, maybe we can make it work. We'll just take the door off and they can ship us a replacement door. 
and the trucker was like, man, I'm going to have to take this thing back with me. It is beat to hell. And so, um, you know, like we couldn't even get the door open to try to take it off. It was, it was dented in that bad and we were and the sides were dented, so we couldn't even slide the batteries in. So I don't know what they did to that thing, but, uh, it was in bad shape. But anyways, we got that thing, um, you know, I got all the components in, I loaded them up in, in, uh, the vehicle. I drove up there. I bought two, three by five sheets of hardy board, uh, to put on the wall to give me a non-combustible surface to mount to mounted both the inverters, mounted the switches, mounted the DC bus bars, uh, run, went ahead and ran all my battery cables. And I had all that done in probably a day's worth of work. Now, you know, I knew what I was doing. I'm not saying everyone can do that. Um, I had had kind of played around in my head what was what different things were going to look like. And outside of not having any 10 gauge uh, ground wire at the house, I had everything that I needed to do the system. I had all of my, um, you know, hots and, and um, neutral cables which were six gauge. So I had all of that ready to go. There wasn't any looking around trying to find what, what I was going to need to make the system run. And so that was helpful. And then I, I understand that not everyone could do this system in a day, but I'll tell you what, I mean, these, these systems are way easier to put together and to design than they used to be. Um, now it still takes some know-how, you know, it's, you still have to make sure that you're putting the right things in the right order and aiming them at the right stuff. You know, you got to make sure your polarity is proper and you got to make sure that you're not, um, accidentally energizing something that you don't want to energize at the wrong time. You know, so there is, there is some art to it still, but, uh, it's definitely, uh, the systems and more importantly, the manuals that come with these systems are so much more intuitive than they were years ago. Uh, you know, years ago you had some person that spoke half Chinese and, and half English doing the best that they could to translate from one to the other. And they did not do a good job at all. Uh, they did the best job they could, but to a native English speaker, it was a lot of these things were unreadable and you just had to kind of guess and test and, you know, hope, hope you didn't let the magic smoke out of anything. And I also got one of the, um, EG four, mini splits. And I tell you what, I haven't fully wired that thing up yet, but it looks again to be very, very simple. Uh, I am going to build a custom mount for this in, uh, the, the place in, in Linden. Uh, I'm going to build a custom mount to put the indoor section on just because the way our roof runs and the way that we're doing our rainwater collection system, if I did it the way that, um, it's designed to go, I'd have to kind of reroute some of my rainwater collection in order to get the, um, the, all of the piping and uh, electrical controls through the wall. But I will, um, I will go ahead and, uh, film all of that and I'll post all of that kind of stuff to the YouTube channel so that you guys can, can see that. I did post a few shorts as I was going through, uh, the system and, and doing the install over the weekend. I will say that they didn't all show up just because I was going off of cell service because guess what? Uh, the Starlink runs off of the internet and the internet wasn't on because there was no power because I was working on the power. So, uh, so there's a few things up there. I will ask you guys two favors. 
um, that would really help me out. One, go to YouTube, look for uh, Hack My Homestead, and give me a subscribe. Um, I know I'm not the most prolific YouTuber out there, and I don't, I don't expect I'll ever be the most prolific YouTuber, but I would like to do things like have live streams every now and again, and you have to have a minimum of 50 subscribers to be able to live stream. So if you guys could help me out by uh, subscribing to the YouTube and maybe even like sharing it with some of your friends and asking them, uh, that would be super helpful to me. And in return, I will try to get more content out there. Now, speaking of video content, uh, you're hearing it here first. This is the first place I am announcing. Uh, I am going to be launching a Kickstarter next month for solar direct water pumping. So this Kickstarter is going to cover taking a solar panel and connecting it with a linear current booster directly to a pump and moving water from point A to point B. And we're going to try to figure out a couple different things. We're going to try to figure out uh, which pumps or what the pump's capacity is. We're going to try to figure out how much uh, distance uh, creates a problem for us if we're going to trying to move water a thousand feet horizontally or 500 feet horizontally and relatively uh, level uh, what that looks like um, and so we're, we're really going to try to put together what I'm calling a documentary that will help people understand how to pump water over long distances or up to to, to Oh, excuse me, I do not know where that yawn came from. It was like someone shot me with a yawn arrow right there. Um, sorry. So, <laughs> lost my train of thought along the way. Um, but yeah, we're going to be testing multiple different pumps. We're going to be testing submersible pumps. We're going to be testing diaphragm pumps, sump pumps, uh, transfer pumps. We're going to be testing a couple different linear current boosters. Uh, if we can get enough support to buy one of the bigger uh, pump controllers, that's a couple hundred bucks. We'll we'll do that. Uh, I've got a bunch of different used panels that we'll put on these things just to see if we see one type of panel work better than the others. And we're going to have all of this stuff tested, filmed. Um, we're going to put together a really good edited movie quality product at the end of this, along with some add-ons like I'll do a webinar at some point and uh, I will publish all of the test results uh, in a white paper to help people utilize those test results to design their own systems. And like I said, I'm going to be funding that project through uh, Kickstarter. The strategy is I already have some of the components. I need to add some components and then I need to pay someone to edit all of the footage. And I figure, you know, I'll probably have three or four hours worth of footage that I'll, I'll hope to edit down to like th a 30 minute really action packed uh, or data packed presentation. Um, but yeah, so that's what we're going to do. So, uh, keep an eye out for that. There is a, uh, spot on my, uh, website, the uh, hackmyhomestead.com slash SWP for solar water pumping, uh, where I've added a place to sign up to check the, for, uh, updates on the Kickstarter. And, uh, like I said, I'm going to be launching this thing here in about two or three weeks, right north, near the beginning of June. And I will be uh, getting information out to you guys on that. Um, so 
If you could, it would be greatly helpful to me for you guys to subscribe to my YouTube channel so I can do live streams. And then uh, if you're interested in the Kickstarter, go ahead and uh, shoot me your email information uh, or sign up and I will get that Kickstarter information out. Well, guys, uh, I can't think of anything else I need to add. Like I said, the other than the batteries and the case uh, together being like 103 pounds a piece, um, you know, none of this installation was very hard. Uh, because our um, uh, battery cabinet got jacked up, I only hooked one of the batteries up. I brought all the rest of them in, tested them, made sure everything was in good shape. Uh, but I just hooked up the one battery because the terminals uh, on a 4-aught gauge uh, wire are meant to go to the bus bars of the cabinet, not to the battery terminals themselves. And so they take up such uh, a large portion of the spot where the battery terminal is that I can't even um, I can't even put another connection on to like daisy chain the batteries together. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to kick it off for today. Uh, thanks everyone for joining me, and we'll talk to you next time.